You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. But for you, what would a world look like that is safe, that's compassionate, that's inclusive, uh, a world that is a just home for all God's children? Seeking Jesus' gospel vision for a distributively just society, it, it means making sure that everyone has access to the means for life. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 323, and our title is A More Distributively Just Way. Now, every community has its own way of relating to the rejection of of leaders in whom they see hope for the future uh, well-being of, of their society. In Luke 11, 49 through 51, we read, Because of this, God in his wisdom said, I will send them prophets and apostles, some of whom they will kill, other they, others they will persecute. Therefore, this generation will be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets that has been shed since the beginning of the world, from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who was killed between between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible for it all. Now, many scholars believe that this passage in Luke, that it was written much after the fall of Jerusalem. In this passage, the gospel authors, they're trying to, to, to make sense of such devastation. Uh, and was their interpretation healthy? Was it life-giving or, or, or not? And I want to be very careful here. Christianity has a long anti-Semitic history of attaching punitive explanations to Jerusalem's destruction, saying that it was God's punishment of the city for rejecting Jesus. I don't believe that. Even if the gospel authors connected Jesus's rejection uh, with what later happened, to Jerusalem, I think we need to be very careful with that today. Uh, whether it's life-giving or not, though, uh, again, the gospel authors did make this connection. I also see them, though, making it a much more organic, intrinsic connection between a society that wasn't just rejecting Jesus. That, that's, that's, that, that's oversimplified and possibly even wrong. It was a society that rejected Jesus's teachings about wealth redistribution, and restructuring community to prioritize the poor and the poor people's uprising uh, and revolt of the late 60s, I think, proves that. Uh, the poor people's revolt, it, the, the poor people finally erupted. The revolt led to the Jewish-Roman War in 66 to 69 and then to, to Rome's reprisal and, and raising Jerusalem in, in, in 70 CE. And the connection Connection, again, it's less divinely imposed and arbitrary, and I believe if there is a connection, it's much more natural. It's much more about the, the cause and effect politically, economically, and, and socially uh, for that society in that time. And again, Jesus' voice wasn't the only voice calling for a more distribu distributively just uh, society during that time. Today, we as a society, we are again, also witnessing 
strong resistance to a much more distributively just way of organizing our society, a widening gap between the haves and the have-nots. That gap has been building over the last half century here in the U.S. Do Jesus's economic and political teachings have anything to offer our lives today? Even if we were to reduce Jesus's teachings to his, his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 through 7 or, or the Sermon on the Plain in Luke 6, might they be able to still speak into our own struggles uh, today? Take a moment to consider Jesus's teachings of the golden rule. What would a society that prioritized treating others as you would like to be treated, what would that look like? And would it be a, a, a system that that made the, the members of the community more as Robert Owens said uh, in 1813, more selfish and hypocritical, crass and violent. That's what he was saying uh, capitalist societies uh, 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 create. That's in his book, A New View of Society, Essays on the Principles of the Formation of Human Character. Or would the golden rule create people who are less competitive, less individualistic, more generous, and more, would that society be more collectively sustainable? In Matthew's gospel, we read in Matthew 7, 12 through 14, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus's version here of the golden rule. It was the small gate, the narrow path that leads to, to life. And in the context of the, the golden rule, two things have caught my attention over the past few weeks as we are all responding to this COVID-19 pandemic. Number one is the criminal justice system here in the U.S. And number two, the economic impact on our U.S. migrant community. Let's talk about the first one first. In Luke 18 through 19, one of the key points of Jesus's gospel, remember, it's it's setting prisoners free. What would that mean for us today? Two weeks ago, the, the U.S. Attorney General issued an emergency order calling for especially vulnerable prisoners to be released into home confinement. And because of how closely packed people are in the U.S. prison systems, physical distancing is just impossible. There's no such thing as social distancing in prison. Prisons are being revealed to be the places of mass death uh, that meant that, that certain ones in our society have always believed them to be placing all inmates regardless of their charges right now on a, a kind of of death row and this is especially concerning for those who have not committed violent crimes I don't believe in capital punishment but but people imprisoned for nonviolent offenses they don't deserve the death penalty in the form of covid 19 and I also think of those behind bars whose sentencing hasn't even come up yet, who are there, guilty or innocent, simply because they cannot afford uh, bail. Poverty in our global society already means an earlier death for far too many. And this is deeply 
concerning. Jesus' gospel called his listeners to liberate the poor, to give the entire kingdom to the poor. Blessed are the poor, for yours is the kingdom, Jesus said. Jesus' gospel called his listeners to shape their society according to distributive justice. And in our current setting, people in prison could become infected with and die of COVID-19 only because they could not afford bail or some other technicality. And on that level, that is immoral. Hundreds of prisoners and prison workers have already tested positive for the virus. And it is a cruel irony that that prisoners are right now producing with prison labor, hand sanitizer for the outside world, hand sanitizer that, that's desperately needed within prisons, and yet the very prisoners producing the sanitizer are being denied access to it themselves. I heard on the news just last week that 20% of people infected uh, will need hospitalization and 5% of that will need to be put on, on ventilators. What does this mean for our prison population, mostly and and, and disproportionately Remember, our prison population are people of color. COVID-19 sharpens an already unjust system with an even sharper lethal edge. And again, what does it mean for us today to take Jesus's gospel seriously? He sent me, Luke 4, 18, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. What does the golden rule look like in this context? What does basic humanity look like in this context? Let's talk about migrant workers for a moment. My second concern over the last couple of weeks has been for the, the population of migrant workers at the heart of the U.S.'s food supply chain. These people are among those our present system deems the least of these. They already go to work every day in overcrowded and unsanitary conditions. What does social distancing look like for them? They're, they're they're not being provided with personal protective equipment, and, and they're working for poverty wages. They don't receive any kind of extended sick leave or, or child care now if their children are not in school, nor are their work environments more sanitary or less crowded now. Uh, thinking of our, our, our migrant community members working in these settings, I also thought of a, a statement that I read years ago by Stephen J. Patterson, and he's talking about the condition of the poor in the ancient world in which the, the gospel stories were written. In the ancient world, he says, those who lived on the margins of peasant life were never far from death's door. In the struggle to survive, food was their friend and sickness their enemy. Each day, subsistence peasants earned enough to eat for a day. Each day, they awaken with the question, will I eat enough? Will I earn enough? Sorry, will I earn enough to eat today? This is quickly followed by a second, Will I get sick today? If I get sick, I won't eat. If I don't eat, I'll get sicker. With each passing day, the spiral of starvation and sickness becomes deeper and finally deadly. Crossan has argued that this little snippet of ancient tradition is critical to understanding why followers of Jesus and their empire of God were so compelling to the marginalized peasants who were drawn to it. Eat what is set before you and care for the sick. Here is the beginning of a program of shared resources of the most basic sort, food and care. It's an exchange. If some have food, all we eat. If any get sick, someone who eats will be there to take care of them. The empire of God was a way to survive, which is to say salvation. And again, that's from The Lost Way, how two forgotten gospels are rewriting the story of 
Christian Origins, page 74. The migrant farm worker community is a modern-day reflection of the original audience Jesus taught about a, a preferential option for positive systemic change. Uh, Jesus Jesus' story was specifically aimed at, at, at this sector of society to give them hope, uh, hope of change, systemic change. Uh, today, there's the same dynamic of what happens if I get sick. Uh, you know, I'm, go- I'm going into these environments where, where, uh, the, the, where I am incredibly vulnerable to, to COVID-19. And we see that with the shutting down of, of the meat plants here. And, and the meat processing plants here in the U.S. Uh, because there's been so much sickness among uh, the, the workers. Uh, because of the U.S. food supply chain, these workers are deemed critically essential. And, and yet this system, it may break down soon if their situation doesn't change. Many of these employees are in the U.S. working on H-2A visas. And if you don't understand what that is, I'll give you a link in our e-site this week. And, and while the present administration touts a stimulus package for, for other kinds of workers in our society, the Agriculture Secretary, Sonny Perdue, he's presently pushing to reduce wages for H-2A workers, those that are the most vulnerable and at the heart of our food supply chain. There, there has to be a better way to save farmers. Leviticus includes a Jew- Jewish application of the golden rule to foreigners. In Leviticus 19.34, it says, The foreigner living among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This is a text that would have informed Jesus' preaching on loving others as oneself. And it's the basis of the golden rule. What would a society look like if it was structured on the golden rule rather than profit or a corporation's bottom line? The present pandemic, it's laying bare other areas of our unsustainable and unjust system as well. These are just two that have been on my heart recently. But for you, what would a world look like that is safe, that's compassionate, that's inclusive, a world that is a just home for all God's children? Seeking Jesus's gospel vision for a distributively just society, it means making sure that everyone has access to the means for life. And depending on how we respond right now, it may also be said of the powerful and privileged elite today, in our day, this generation will be held responsible for uh, it all. Heart group application, we have the ability, again, to slow the spread of COVID-19 if we act together. In moments like these, I want to affirm again that all people are made in the image of God to live as part of God's peace, love, and justice. There's nothing more powerful and resilient than when people come together to prioritize the least of these. That's what we can do right now. If you go out, please wear a mask. If you uh, 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 can please stay home. We here at Renewed Heart Ministries are asking all heart groups not to meet together physically at this time. Please stay virtually connected and 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 continue to practice uh, physical distancing. 
but you can still be there for each other to help ease anxiety and, and fears. Just when you do go out, please remember to keep a six foot distance between you and others. And, and right now also, if you have one, wear a mask, wear a bandana, wear something to stop the spread of the virus. It's not about um, uh, you not getting it. It's about keeping uh, it from spreading to others, you from transmitting it to others. Um, even if you don't know whether you have it or not, this is, this is also a time where we can practice the resource sharing and mutual aid that's found in the Gospels. Make sure that others in your heart group have what they need. We're more interconnected than we realize, and this has proven it. We need each other, especially during this time. And this, this is a time, remember, to work together, to prioritize protecting those most vulnerable among us, and together we'll get through this. Uh, it won't be the same afterwards as it was, but we'll get through this. And, and, and as, as we are getting through this, come up with new ways where we can take care of each other while we're physically apart. Heart group questions this week, heart group applications this week. Number one, we've discussed two sectors of our society uh, deeply impacted by COVID-19, uh, by the pandemic, and, and this week podcast. What other sectors of our society have been on your heart? I shared with you two that were on mine. What's been on yours? And share that with your group. Number two, yesterday, Jim Wallace of Sojourners, he published an article on Sojourners website titled Unequal Suffering. Here's how Congress should help. Uh, following Jesus, it involves taking action. And many charities are, are also on the front line right now, providing care and help to those presently in need, many while operating with a, a lower level of contributions than is typical. So what are you seeing organizations in your area doing, and what can your heart group do to come alongside these organizations and offer help? Discuss with your, your group uh, what these options might look like. And then number three, Together as a group, rewrite Matthew 25, 35 through 36 in light of the present pandemic. Uh, who would be listed if the text were to be written during our present crisis? For those not familiar with the passage, it reads, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Pick something last from your discussion this week, uh, especially in number two, and, and begin putting it into practice during this coming week. Wherever you are right now, thank you for checking in with us this week. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and, and working towards justice. Another world is possible if we collectively choose it. Stay well out there, and where possible, again, please stay home. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.